Welcome, my name is Mark Blatstein. I'm the physician who founded Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. Today we're going to go through what happens after you've been indicted, indicted as the FBI target, uh, and you're preparing and arrived at sentencing and placement. What happens at the sentencing hearing? And you have stakeholders. And this is a six-part series on what are and who are your stakeholders. And today, your stakeholders, we're going to, in this particular slide, going through the probation officer, prosecutor, and the judge. And so it's sentencing. The judge will, one of the documents is the statement of reasons, which is his reasons he, he documents as to uh, how he came to his sentence. The pre-sentence report was developed, it was written by the probation officer during the pre-sentence interview and investigation, but the information came from you and you provided all of it that reviewed all of your medical background, psychiatric background, if that was there, um, all of your medication needs that went along with that, whether they were on formulary tier one, non-formulary tier two, which meant that there was a waiting process and hopefully you went through all the drugs with your physicians. And again, if the medications were not available, plus all of the documents that covered your education, military, uh, and any kind of other documentation that ranged from identification documents for you, social security card, driver's license, passport, or birth certificate, et cetera, and all other documentations that were pertinent that your lawyer reviewed with you. And regarding this, once you've gotten through this, a lot of work went into this, your personal narrative because your narrative is your story. The Department of Justice, their narrative you, of you has been out in the press for who knows how long now. And it likely hasn't been very flattering because it's been in diversion of your indictment. And that's all that the probation officer has read your judge has read, your family, your friends, and colleagues. And so you have been working to essentially tell your story, explain yourself, and how you got to this point in your life. And it's been distilled, rewritten, and rewritten several dozen times, and distilled to where it's an honest version of how you got to this point. And through the through the due diligence on your part and the fruits of your labor, it has reached the point where it's been included into your pre-sentence report. And if it's been in, you made it to your pre-sentence report, that means that judges normally have already made up their set made up their minds regarding a sentence by the time they've reached the hearing but if they've read your narrative it's a possibility that well maybe they don't know that much about you and it is it is common knowledge among judges and attorneys that they want to hear from you the the defendant not your lawyer and so since your narrative is in your pre-sentence report, the judge has read it, the probation officer has read it and believed it enough to include it in your pre-sentence report, 
Now what's happening is that the judge wants to reach out to you and have a conversation. That's called the allocution. And this allocution is incredibly important. You've been prepared. And this is a point where you can, you can express your sincere remorse. And the judge has the has the opportunity to listen to you and to ask questions. And it is a very big deal. Now, no matter what happens at this point in time, there's no guarantee what the judge is going to do. They may change their sentence, what they pre-thought they were going to do. They may not. But it's been a cathartic experience for you, for most people. And I would hope for you too, because it's been able for you to just kind of release, just to lay it all out <clears throat> on the table, so to speak, for you to put down, put, put it down in writing. And for you to come clean to yourself. You've You've been able to become, to put it out there honestly for yourself, but even if the judge, and who will respect the fact that you have laid it out for the court, but it's also going to be read by your case manager, by everyone at the Bureau of Prisons who's responsible, and also <clears throat> your stakeholders, so that it will make it somewhat easier for you to get into first step back programming possibly to get into you know into different programs and possibly into a conversation regarding earlier release possibly once you're in the position for halfway house residential reentry managers they want to look over your pre-sentence report, but they depend on your case managers. And as, assuming that you have continued on your reentry plan, which we've spoken about, and you have no infractions or gotten in trouble, and you have stayed off other person's iPhones, which we've spoken about, they want someone who's going to come through the halfway house because they have a limited amount of beds and is able to stay within their framework and then leave successfully. And so while you're there in the sentencing hearing, maybe the judge is going to say, okay, maybe we'll give you a, they'll, they'll give you a, grant you a downward departure. And here is the time where your attorney can then ask for, okay, can we request a facility with a specific program, and I'll use as an example, RDAP, or maybe it's a, you know, a, another program, but you already know the programs at every facility so that the judge will say, okay, we'll give you this program using RDAP as the example. Then your judge, your attorney can ask, let's, can you, would you also mind recommending this one specific prison? Don't ask for any other and multiple prisons. Just ask for one specific prison because it has a specific program 
and it's it's closer to home or whatever the other reason is, but just one prison. Don't leave it up to the gods to pr provide the guidelines. One specific prison. The judge may say, okay. Lastly, say finally, your honor, if it's okay with the court, if the Bureau of Prisons cannot make that placement, would it be possible then for them to write to the court as to why or notify the court as to why they were unable to do so, your honor? Thank you very much. And so you've done the best you could do at this point in time. There's no guarantees that the judge is going to do anything. Maybe they would, maybe the judge will. There's no guarantee that the Federal Bureau of Prisons will do it, but you've done the most you can do at this point in time. And finally, the Federal Bureau of Prisons is the last caveat in this particular sequence because they have the last word on where you're placed. This is their domain. And what they sift through now, or what they have to judge, is do they have bed availability? And programs are based on faith. You know, one of the options are faith-based faith needs. There are security issues. Other programming needs, RDAP, which is one, medical and mental health care needs, recommendations of the sentencing court, which is what the judge has just, just done, and they try and make a 75% um, effort to do this, placing inmates as close to practical to their primary residence, which is within 500 miles of that legal residence. And so I thank you and appreciate you taking the time to listen to this YouTube podcast the consultations are on me at no cost. If you have any questions, my phone number is right there, 240-888-7778 is my personal cell phone. If you have any questions, give me a call. If I don't pick up, please leave me your name number. I return all my calls personally. I try and do it that day. But let me leave you with, these are your stakeholders, the judge, your attorney, your attorney doesn't know anything about you until you meet them. And it's up to you to inform them through your narrative, everything about you and about your case. You need to tell them honestly about everything about the case. It does you no good to have them learn nuances about something specific about your case at the last minute in court that it's a surprise from the prosecution because the only person that gets hurt is you. And then what can you do to change preconceived biases? These are your stakeholders and they, they guide your future. And part of my job with you is to help influence your stakeholders to help that to help you guide them so that they became advocates in your behalf. I hope this has helped you and I appreciate you taking the time to watch this YouTube with me. Again, I hope you have a good and safe day. Stay safe.